Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim In the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful The Islamic Propagation Office at Rabwa www.islamhouse.com Is pleased to present to you this lecture Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen الحمد لله الحق المبين الحمد لله ملك السماوات والأرض ومن فيهن الحمد لله مالك السماوات والأرض ومن فيهن الحمد لله نور السماوات والأرض ومن فيهن والحمد لله قيم السماوات والأرض ومن فيهن الحمد لله أولا وآخرا وظاهرا وباطنا اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على عبدك ورسولك وحبيبك ونبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم اللهم وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد أما بعد أيها الإخوة في الله The brothers and sisters all praise due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the king of the heavens and the earth and the creator of the heavens and the earth and the owner of the heavens and the earth he's the almighty subhanahu wa ta'ala And his blessing and peace he upon his most beloved creation. To him and he is the most beloved creation to us too. The most merciful creation and wise prophet. The best of all the prophets and the seal of all the prophets. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. When we talk about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, we really enjoy talking about him sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. When we talk about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, it's totally different. It's totally different talk and different way of talk. Because we are talking about the one whose every Muslim and Muslimah feels and realize that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam has favored a great favor upon him. Because he is the one who delivered this deen, this religion to us. And the thing we are proud of the things we are, which it makes us so special that we are Muslims. 
that we are following this message and we are carrying this religion and we are believing in this da'wah which the Prophet وسلم, came with. Therefore, Muhammad وسلم, for the believers, Ibn, we consider him as a father for all the believers. As we said about all of his wives, they are the mother of the believers, Ummahatul Mu'mineen. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described them in the book. So if his wives are the mother of all the believers, then Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the father for all the believers. And he is more further than that, than being only a father. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ka'annaka tarah. Hada mawdu'u hadithina. The Prophet ﷺ, as if you see him. We'll try today to talk about the Prophet ﷺ. We will talk about his physical description, his appearance ﷺ, how he looked like. We will talk about the Prophet ﷺ, way of life. About the Prophet ﷺ daily life. We will talk about the Prophet ﷺ's tools. We will talk about the Prophet ﷺ's manners. We will talk about the Prophet ﷺ's life. In general for sure. We will talk about the Prophet ﷺ's the special quality that the Prophet ﷺ had. And also, more, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah, will allow us during these hours. Why we talking about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Especially why we trying to describe him to you today? Why have chosen to talk about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam today from this uh, perspective my whole uh, what I want you today to come out from these lectures that you can build image and a picture in your mind for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam exactly as if you see him why I'm trying to do that why it's so important for us to know the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's Appearance and life in general. And even his life, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, not going to talk about his life in means of seerah. No. I only going to choose from his life, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, would try to build this picture in your mind about Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to help you to imagine him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There is no doubt that knowing the Prophet sallallahu appearance and knowing the Prophet sallallahu description will help us a lot to establish a very strong love in our heart toward Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa 
as much as you know him, as much as you feel you are related to him, you have seen him, as much as you can increase this love and establish a very strong foundation in your heart based on loving Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam most. It's common sense that when you know somebody's appearance, you love him more, you feel you're more close to him. But if you didn't know how he looks like, or how he looks like, you feel there is distance between you and him. Exactly, if you build a relationship with somebody through the internet, or chatting, you don't know how he looks like. You, you're looking forward to know how this person looks like. See how much we talk, for example, about Abu Bakr and Umar and Bukhari and Imam Ahmed and so on. If your father keep telling you about your grandfather and you haven't seen him, you'll always be looking forward to see how he looks like. When you're dealing with something, you don't know how he looks like, how his appearance is, you always have kind of distance between you and him. Therefore, in marriage, Islam required the man to see his wife before he marry her. And why is that? The Prophet ﷺ said, because it will help you to establish more love in your heart toward her before marriage. فَإِنَّهُ أَحْرَى أَنْ يُؤْدَمَ بَيْنَكُمَا But if you just marry her, you haven't seen her, you didn't know what's under the veil, you didn't know what's gonna, you didn't know what happened. There is a kind of question mark if your family back home told you, hey, we got you uh, a wife. Okay, how she looks like? This is the first question. Because you're going to start a relationship. So, knowing the persons, or she also been told that somebody you're going to marry, she want to know how he looks like. That, knowing the picture, helps a lot to make hearts closer to each other. Therefore, if you didn't know the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa you didn't know how he looks like. You didn't know the Prophet sallallahu future, or the Prophet sallallahu's physical description. You still have this kind of, of of distance. But believe me, whenever you have you are aware of your Prophet sallallahu appearance. It will help you a lot to feel you are more closer, more familiar with him, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, when you hear his speech, when you hear his sunnah, when you learn about him, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. Brothers and sisters, this love towards our Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is not something uh, volunteer. Or worship is not something it's only recommended. It is one of the conditions of faith to have faith in this religion that you love Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And it is obligation on upon every Muslim male and female that he loves Muhammad sallallahu alayhi more than his own self. And more than his family and his wealth. 
قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى أكون أحب إليه من ماله وولده ونفسه والناس أجمعين The Prophet said You will not be a believer And you will not complete your belief Until you will love me He said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about himself More than your family, your wealth Everyone in this earth You love him more than anybody else in the earth And you love him more than your own self Then Umar radiallahu anhu said Ya Rasulallah Indeed they love you more than my family my, my every, Everyone in this earth and More than my wealth But what about my own self? He said Yes Ya Umar Yet you did not complete it Then Umar radiallahu anhu said Ya Rasulallah He understood what the Prophet ﷺ means And he checked and he review himself very quickly. He found himself that's true, that he loves Prophet ﷺ more than his own self, because he was willing to kill himself or to die in order to save Rasulullah ﷺ in his battles. So there is no doubt he loved him more than. He realized what that word means. Then he said, Umar, yes ya Rasulullah, I love you more than my own self. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, Now, Ya Umar, now you completed your iman. Loving the Prophet ﷺ is something should be deep in our hearts, established, has a very deep roots in our hearts. And believe me, brothers and sisters, one of our biggest problems today, that we are claiming love to Muhammad ﷺ. But we do not have this love this love has no effect in our daily life. One of the Prophet ﷺ companion came to him and said, Ya Rasulullah, when I go back home, I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to the next prayer. When I go back after I finish Fajr, I'm looking forward for Dhuhr. Then when I finish Dhuhr prayer, I'm looking forward for the Asr to see to see you, Ya Rasulullah. And I feel so hard on me when Isha comes because it's such long time until Fajr. But Ya Rasulullah, I remember. Or I was thinking about the day of judgment. وَعَلِمْتُ مَا قَدْ وَعَلِمْتُ مَا سَيَصْنَعُ اللَّهُ بِكَ And I realized that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put you in very high ranks in Jannah. In very high ranks in Jannah. And I will not be able to reach that level. Then he started crying. He said, Ya Rasulullah, that means I will not be able to see you in Jannah. Now I missed you so much from Isha to Fajr. I can't wait until Fajr comes to see you. So what's going to happen to me in the day of judgment?
See how much love he has in his heart toward this Prophet ﷺ, toward Muhammad ﷺ. This is a real heart, a real live heart. He said ﷺ to him, إِنَّ الْمَرْءَ مَعَ مَنْ That you will be with the person you love. Don't worry in the, in the Jannah. In Jannah, nobody gonna be sad. Whenever you walk in, no sadness, no worry. Don't worry. A man came to the Prophet ﷺ and said, Ya Rasulullah, when is the day of judgment? It's gonna start. In what year? What the date of the day after? The Prophet he didn't answer him until there is a big gathering of the Sahaba. He said, Who asked the question? Where is that person who asked about the Day of Judgment? He said, Yes, Ya Rasulullah. That was me. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to him, What you have prepared for it? ماذا أعددت لها? Then he said, Ya Rasulullah, not much of praying or fasting. He fulfills his obligations. And not much of extra. But, I have a lot of love in my heart for Allah and His Messenger Then, Muhammad said, يُحْشَرُ الْمَرْءُ مَعَ مَنْ He said, Allah will gather the person with the people who used to love most. أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم يعني he will be gathered in the day of judgment with the people he loves most. Or he will be with or companioning the one he loves most. That means he will be with Muhammad صلى الله عليه Anas radiallahu anhu said, Wallahi, we were so happy with this question and this answer, so much. I never, we never felt so happy like that except when we accepted Islam. Yani the best happiness ever we had in our life when, when we became Muslims. And this should be realized by every new or convert Muslim and Muslimah, male and female. The, the most happy day in his life, the most lucky day in his life, when he became a Muslim. That feeling, not much of us maybe felt it. But the Sahaba and the new Muslim today, they felt that. And also for whoever became a religious, Alhamdulillah, you should be so happy with that. It's a very special day in his life. And I said, and the next thing, يعني, after this happiness, is that we so happy with the answer of the Prophet ﷺ. Then Anas what he said. said, and Allah is my witness, that I love Muhammad ﷺ, and I love Abu Bakr, and I love Umar, and I wish to be with them in the Day of Judgment, and in Jannah. And Wallahi, I bear witness, that I love Muhammad ﷺ, and Umar, and Abu Bakr, and Umar, and Uthman, and Ali, and all the Prophet companion and Anas, may Allah gather all of us with them in the Day of Judgment. In Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he'd been loved by his companions so much 
they missed him so much when he passed away. Bilal radiallahu anhu, in his last moments in this life, he was saying, غَدًا أَلْقَى الْأَحِبَّةِ غَدًا أَلْقَى مُحَمَّدًا وَصَحْبَةِ After a while, I will be with Muhammad. I will be with the companion. I will be with my friends. I will be with the people I love most. This is the last words he said before he died. Mu'ad radiallahu anhu. Mu'ad. When he was dying, the last, one of the last words been heard from Mu'ad, he said, he said, Oh death, be stronger of me. Be stronger, more stronger of me. Which it means, you let me leave this dunya very quickly. I miss the people, I, wi- I, I lived with them. They waited for that moment for their soul to join Muhammad wasallam's soul. This feeling in the hearts is a such great feeling. It is one of the signs of the Iman. And whenever you're missing this part, that means you're missing one of the most important part of your Iman. That means there is, your foundation is not right. And it's very dangerous that our foundations, the foundations of Iman, is not established right, or it's not right, or it's not strong enough. Because you'll not be able to build on these foundations. Brothers and sisters, those companions loved Muhammad more than you imagine. Their most happy, happiest moment when their skin touched the Prophet's skin. Their most lucky day when they were able to sit with the Prophet so close or to have something from him. Once the Prophet was drinking, then the Prophet looked at his right side, he found Ibn Abbas, a young boy. And in his left side, an old, very, very respectful person, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. And you all know, who is Abu Bakr al-Siddiq? And the sunnah to pass the drink to the one in your right side. Then he said to Ibn Abbas, Do you mind if I give the drink to Abu Bakr out of respect? To Abu Bakr. See, not because he kids, he's ignored. No. What Ibn Abbas said? قَالَ لَوْ كَانَ غَيْرُ سُؤْرِكَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ He said, Ya Rasulullah, if it's something else, then drinking after you, I will give it away. But you, I drinking after you, I will never give it to anybody else. Sorry, I cannot give it to somebody else. Once he'd been giving a gift, a long coat, 
Then one of the companions said, Ya Rasulullah, give it to me as a gift. Then the Sahaba told him, Why are you asking him that? You know he needs this coat. Then he said, But I need it more. How? He said, Because I, I'm, I'm willing or planning. When I die, I will put it with me in my grave. So when I come in the day of judgment, I have, I have it with me. As something to show that I am one of his followers. I am one I used to be with him. Even though you didn't need that in the day of judgment. But look to the, to the, to the mind. To the heart. So connected to the Prophet ﷺ. In so many narrations we might mention some of it. You will see that his companion ﷺ used to save even his hair. And put it in very special place. And inheriting the hair generations after generations. That's out of love to Muhammad ﷺ. Not for anything else. The love, everything comes from him. Therefore, Muhammad ﷺ said that sign of the iman to love Al-Madinah. Where he used to live. We love Al-Madinah only because he used to live there, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is the only reason for us to love that place. And his masjid is over there, sure. Because of him, we start loving, we love the place he used to live, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The place where he used to pray. Brothers and sisters, the Prophet, sallallahu companion, were very anxious to or interesting in knowing the Prophet's physical descriptions and copying him in physical physically to the extent some of them he used to walk in a in a in a, in a place then he will turn right then he will come back again. He would be asked, why you just turned right and you came back to the, to the land? He said, I saw Muhammad ﷺ did that. So I would like to be, I would love that my foot will be above his uh, footsteps. I'm following him exactly. Ibn Umar used to stop, stop once in one place, then he went and he urine. And he came back and he said, I, I don't want to do that, but just I did it because... The Prophet ﷺ did it here. Did the same thing. To that extent, even though we're not been ordered to, do, to reach that extent. But this is show you, show you the love. One of them once been seen and he unbuttoned his shirt. Unbuttoned his shirt. Then they said, why are you doing that? He said, I saw Muhammad ﷺ did so. I saw Muhammad Sallallahu like that. So I would love to copy him. Knowing the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Wasallam's physical description and his daily life will help us to have this love in our heart. And emphasizing this a lot because I think one of the reasons that we are 
as the Muslims, not strong nations, not strong enough to be respected from the others. Because of us, we are weak. We are not weak. We are weakest than ever. You know why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that the shaitan, the shaitan, he is weak. The shaitan is weak. His influence is weak. That's what Allah said. And Allah only saying the truth. So if is this weak influence is able to influence you and change you, that means you are not only weak, you are the weakest. Allah said, إِنَّ كَيْدَ الشَّيْطَانِ كَانَ ضَعِيفًا دَلَّ هَذَا عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الَّذِي يُكَادْ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ أَضْعَفْ مِنَ الضَّعِيفِ that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that the shaitan's influence is weak, he has weak capability of influence us. Allah said that. He's not strong. So, if he is that weak and he can't live with us all of this, you, you see around the world today, and you see for ourselves, that means we became so weak. The weakest. And I believe the way to be strong enough, one of the way to make our iman more stronger, to love Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam by one of the one of the way to establish this love, to know him more closer, or to have closer look to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and that's what we try to do today. The scholar said there is more than 50 benefits from knowing the physical description of Muhammad More than 50 benefits. Such as the Prophet said man ra'ani fil manam faqad ra'ani فَإِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لَا يَتَمَثَّلُ بِي رَاهُ جُمْعٌ مِّنْ أَصْحَابِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ This hadith narrated by several of the Prophet's companions كَبْنِ مَسْعُودِ أَبِي هُرَيْرَهُ وَأَبِي مَالِكِ الْأَشْعَرِ Reported by Muslim Ahmad and Sunan And it's authentic hadith That the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said Whoever Whoever sees me or see me in his dream, he has seen me. Because the shaitan cannot take my appearance. I'll repeat that again. That the Prophet said, whoever sees me in his dream, it means that he has seen me. Because the shaitan cannot take my appearance. But the shaitan can have another appearance, came to you in another shape, and he claimed that he is Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So if you didn't know how the Prophet looked like, you will not be able to distinguish the difference between Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam's appearance and other person's appearance. 
or others' appearance. Like I remember one said, I saw the Prophet ﷺ came in my dream. How was that? He said he was clean shaved and like tie and uh, like a martyr. I said, this is not Muhammad ﷺ. This is not his, his oh, very dark skin. Or, yeah, this is not Muhammad ﷺ. You have to know, very short, very tall, very, very huge uh, uh, body. No. You have to know how he looked like Wasallam. So you'll be able to distinguish the difference between his appearance and others' appearance. Once, one of Abbas's students, his name is Yaziz al-Farisi. He's one of the people who used to write the Mus'haf. He said to Ibn Abbas, I have seen Muhammad ﷺ in my dream. Yazid al-Farisi is one of the successors. He is he, tabi. He hasn't seen the Prophet ﷺ. Ibn Abbas, he didn't accept that from him like that. He said, describe him to me in order to say that was the Prophet or not. Then he said to Ibn Abbas, I describe you a man not too, he's not very tall, he's not short. He's in the middle. And he white and might be tan a little bit. He has a thick lashes. Very beautiful face. Rounder face. Has a big beard. Covered his neck and the upper part of his chest. His smile so wonderful. So beautiful. Then Ibn Abbas said, Wallahi, Yazid, if you have seen Muhammad in reality, you will not add more to what you just said. So he approved that this Muhammad Also, one of the benefits from studying the Prophet's physical description, that you will know that he is a human being. Is not something else. Like some people say that Muhammad is light. Or, A'udhu Billah. A'udhu Billah. Thumma A'udhu Billah. They said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is light. And from Allah He created Muhammad. And this is some of the belief of Sufis and Brailwis and and so many groups they said that and they have fabricated narrations saying that that Muhammad is light from Allah's light and all this lies and some of them and they said from the Muhammad's lights the heavens and the created and the earth been created and all of this as you know is not right when you study the Prophet life you see that he's a human being or some people because he had miracle they might think that he was not a human being, he was an angel or something. No. You will realize that he was a human being, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And that tell you that the Prophet life is pretty much similar to your life. He was young, then a power, young man, strong, then became an old man, then so on. So nothing it is basically all humanity shared this. Uh, stages of life. 
childhood, then you became a young boy, teenager, then young man, then a man, then an old man. And also when you study the Prophet wasallam's physical description, one of the benefits that you will realize that he is a prophet. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he chooses a prophet, he chooses his prophet to be in the best uh, feature. And you can tell that he is telling the truth from knowing him. And you can tell the liar from his face, from his actions, from his life, from studying his daily life. You will know who is truthful and he, who is liar. For even the way he, he was born, the way he, 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 he died, you will know who is saying the truth, who is a liar. Subhanallah. There is no one in the history claim prophecy. And he is not a prophet, he's a liar. And his death was an honorable death. Ever. Recently, you know there's a Raj group called Qadianiya. Ahmad ibn Qadian. He claimed that he's a prophet. He did, he died in the bathroom while his face in the toilet. What a death to show you that he's a liar. Because if he is a prophet, Allah will not let him die like this. You see Musaylam al kadhab You see all these people who claim prophecy, how their end, their life ends ill by killed in a very bad way just as a sign when you read their lives and you know this guy in, in, in I think in Arizona Rashad Khalil he claimed prophecy in the United States he was killed in his kitchen been murdered with a knife and nobody know up to the day who killed him some people said that his own son killed him and he ran away But you see, the death of all liars is telling you they are liars. Their daily life. Like when Musaylam al-Kadhab, he claimed prophecy in the end of the Prophet ﷺ time. And he married another woman, she claimed prophecy too. Then he said to her, why the Prophet married the Prophet? So we make a good couples. Uh, he's a Prophet male and she's a Prophet female. And oh, both of liars. You know what was the mahar? The mahar for this marriage, the mahar was the money or the thing you give it to the bride. The mahar is he cancels Salat al-Fajr for Muslims. He said, you not yani, anymore need to pray Fajr and Isha. Halas. This is the mahar. This you, you can tell a, a liar from his act, from his words. And it's very funny. The verses he came with in Arabic, but I can't translate it because anybody reading it in Arabic will know that this person is lying because it doesn't make any sense. Also, we study the Prophet physical description following the steps of our earlier Muslim generations. The Sahaba used to teach the successors, the, the, third, the second generation of Islam, teaching them about the Prophet physical description. They used to teach them how he looked like. And they were 
they tried to describe him وسلم, to their students. And the successors described him to the third generation. And so on. Therefore you will read the Prophet descriptions in the book of Hadith. You will read the Prophet description in the book of uh, Sunnah. Like As-Sunan, Al-Masaneed, As-Sihah, Sahih al-Bukhari, Sahih muslim Sunan al-Imam al-Turmidi, Ibn Majah, all the books. Even some scholars and author a special book about that. Such an Imam al-Tirmidhi, he has a book called Al-Shama'il al-Muhammadiyya. And the Sheikh al-Albani, Jazallah uh, Khair, he uh, went over it and he mentioned which narration is authentic or not. It's called Mukhtasar al-Shama'il al-Muhammadiyya. Also the, the scholars who wrote the history, they talked about the Prophet ﷺ description. Ibn Kathir has a long chapter in Al-Bidiyah Al-Nihayah in the volume 6 about the Prophet's description. Also the scholars who wrote about like Ibn Sa'ad also in the history. The scholars who wrote biography for the scholars such as Al-Dhahabi in Seer Alam Al-Nubala he wrote a very huge uh, or a big chapter about the Prophet's physical description. Also uh, that there is a certain book called Al-Khasais which is the special quality of the Prophet ﷺ and his nation. Uh, such as Al-Qadhi Iyad, Al-Shifa, Al-Qadhi Iyad, Wa Dala'il Al-Nubuwa, the books which talk about the sign of the Prophet ﷺ, the, the sign which would prove the prophecy of the Prophet ﷺ. Also there is a lot of books called Al-Dala'il, describe the Prophet ﷺ. You will find it in so many, even the book of Fiqh, which is related to rules, halal, haram, they describe the Prophet ﷺ. Especially the Shafi'i scholars. When they were talking about the chapter of marriage, and they talking about the quality it should be exist in the bride or in the uh, ground, or the husband and the wife. They mentioned the description of the husband, similar to, they said, the best description for any man, to have the Prophet ﷺ's description. And they start describe how the Prophet's body used to be. So the scholars try their best to bring the subject in all books. So we will always be related to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi when you read any type of books related to knowledge or to the Sharia. Let's start. Who is Muhammad sallallahu alaihi His name is Muhammad. His father's name is Abdullah Ibn Abdul Muttalib Ibn Hashim Ibn Manaf Ibn Abdi Manaf Ibn Qusay Ibn Kilab Ibn Murrah Ibn Ka'b Ibn Luay Al-Adnani Wa'adnan min waladi Ismail alayhi salam The Prophet sallallahu this is His name, Muhammad ibn Abdullah. His father's name, Abdullah. And this is not a very famous name in that time in the Arab world. The word Abdullah. And also Muhammad. The name Muhammad was not a common name. 
and this name been given to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by Allah as it mentioned in the Torah that his name is Muhammad and also his parents give him this name Muhammad and the and the Imam Nuqayim rahimahullah said there is no different opinion between the scholars about the Prophet ﷺ birth that it was inside the Kaaba. Yani they agree upon that the Prophet ﷺ was born inside the Kaaba. And he was born in the year of the elephant. What the year of the elephant? When the army came from Al-Habasha with elephant to destroy the Kaaba, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved Mecca from them as mentioned in, in the Quran. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's father passed away before he was born sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And in some narrations he was passed away seven months after the Prophet sallallahu birth. His mother passed away while she was coming back from Medina toward Mecca. She was visiting her brothers, uh, brother in, Ma- in Medina. She was coming back to Mecca. She passed away in the, in, the, in, the, in the middle of the road. And the Prophet ﷺ was not yet seven years old. His grandfather, Abdul Muttalib, took custody of him. But he passed away when the Prophet ﷺ was eight or ten years old. Orphan wasallam. See his childhood. Then his uncle Abu Talib took custody of him and until he became a man and married. Abu Talib took him and he sallallahu did two jobs in that time one he went with his uncle for trading in a sham in the north and it was very successful he was 25 years old and they said he went also one time before that when he was 12 years old twice only for trading and some scholars said he was 30, not 25. But anyway. And also the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ra'a al-ghanam. An-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam al-ghanam. An-Nabi sallallahu He used to be a shepherd. Uh, for a while, in his earlier years sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anyway, when the Prophet ﷺ complete 40 years, he became a prophet. And the first revelation he received was in eight days uh, or eight of Rabi' al-Awwal. And some scholars said it was in Ramadan. Two different opinions. And this is when he was 40 years old oh. 
Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has names other than this name. One of the most famous names he had Ahmed which be mentioned in the Quran and mentioned in the Bible by Jesus alayhi salam. Also some of his names as Jubair ibn Mut'im narrated and reported Bukhari Muslim Muhammad Ahmed Al-Mahi Al-Hashir Al-Aqib And each name of the Prophet names has meanings. Muhammad, what's Muhammad means? Muhammad huwa alladhi قَدْ حَمِدَ رَبَّهُ تَعَالَى كَثِيرًا فَسُمِّيَ مُحَمَّدًا وَالَّذِي قَدْ حَمَدَهُ رَبُّهُ حَتَّى كَانَ مَحْمُودًا مِنَ اللَّهِ أو الَّذِي حَمَدَهُ النَّاسِ فَسُمِّيَ مُحَمَّدًا The Prophet ﷺ Muhammad, this names indicate three meanings. First, related to him that he the one who praised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala most. So he became Muhammad, yani the one who made a lot of praising to Allah. And also take, it gives you another meaning, second meaning, it is the one who been praised by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who been praised by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The third one, he's the one who been praised by Everyone. And they have very famous thing they said, إِنَّهُ الْمَحْمُودُ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْأَرْضِ وَأَهْلِ السَّمَةِ He is the one who has been praised by the people of earth and the people of heavens. Like by the angels and, 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 and whoever lives in the heavens. So basically Muhammad, it gives you very wonderful meanings. And also Ahmed, it means the one who are grateful. And he praised his Lord a lot. One of his names is Al-Aqib. Al-Aqib. Which it means no prophets after him. And other names. Some scholars they were extreme about... Uh, some people were extreme about this area. Some of them said, uh, Arthur, a book... One of them is named Abu al-Khattab ibn Duhya. He had a book and he said the Prophet has had has 1,000 names. And this is too this is extreme and not acceptable. The Prophet kunya was Abu al-Qasim. And this kunya, Abu al-Qasim, you were not allowed to use it, somebody to use it in the Prophet time. In the Prophet ﷺ time, but it became permissible after his death, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Because if somebody said Abu Qasim, it might be confused between what he meant, the Prophet or somebody else. Also, the Prophet ﷺ said, uh, "My name is Muhammad, and you can, yani, give my name to your children. So you name your children after my name. You are allowed to name your children after my name." And tell you something, brothers and sisters. Today, the most popular names in the earth is the name of Muhammad. This is the statistics by even the non-Muslims. They said the most 
popular name. There is no number. There is no name more popular than this name, Muhammad. There is a large, huge number. I forget it now. How many exactly was the number? But there is no name more popular than Muhammad. And subhanallah. When the Prophet ﷺ was sent as a messenger, this name was not even exist. And you can say it's very rare to find somebody's name Muhammad. But after his, uh, after him وسلم, people start adopting this name. He passed away when he was 63 years old. Some people said he was passed away in Rabi' al-Awwal, and second of Rabi' al-Awwal. Some people said it is, was 12 of Rabi' al-Awwal, 8 of Rabi' al-Awwal. And this is very, uh, these different opinions uh, based on the uh, history, because as you know, old days, it, it was not that accurate, the date, but the most, uh, most of the scholars agree that it was in 12 of Rabi' al-Awwal, he was passed away sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. By the way, the Prophet ﷺ was not born in Rabi' al-Awwal. People celebrating his birthday in Rabi' al-Awwal, and he was not born in that day. As a matter of fact, we should celebrate, uh, we are celebrating the same day he passed away, not he was born. Uh, and we do not celebrate his birthday anyway. Uh, the Prophet وسلم, spent 10 years in Medina, 13 years in Mecca, calling people for Tawheed the whole time in Mecca and Medina, teaching their, the people their religion. And 40 years before the prophecy, he had وسلم, The Prophet ﷺ was chosen from the whole humanity. As Ibn Mas'ud said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looked to the humanity and he chose among them the best nation. In that time. And from this nation, he has chosen the best tribes. And from this tribe, he has chosen the best family. And this family, he has chosen the best among them, which was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is the best of the best of the best of the best sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. أنا خيار من خيار من خيار من خيار محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم before he was born his mother have seen a dream that a light comes out from her body and it lights up all the, sh- the, the, the palace in the Sham in Palestine or north of Arabia And this dream means that the Prophet ﷺ's guidance, 
will reach to that place and it will settle there and that land is going to be foundations for Islam to spread over the whole world. And An-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, I am the da'wah. Allah subhanahu wa accepted the du'a of my great-grandfather Ibrahim. Because as you know, he from Ismail. You know Ismail. His, great, his grandfather Ismail. From Ismail, only one prophet came, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Ismail had other brothers, which is Ishaq. And from Ishaq, all the other prophets. Every prophet came after Ibrahim. They came from these two sides. From Ishaq, all the prophets. From Ismail, only Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. From Ishaq, Ya'qub, and so on. And he said, I am the da'wah. I'm da'wah, which is Ibrahim made du'a, and Allah accept that du'a. When he made that du'a, when he left Hajar, the mother of Ismail, and who is Hajar? You know who is Hajar? She was a slave an Egyptian slave woman been given as a, as a gift to Sarah, Ibrahim's wife. She been given as a gift from the king of Egypt that time to his wife. And she gave him this slave as a gift. And from her he got Ismail, his son. His son is Ma'il. Abu Huraira, he used to say, Ya Bani, ma is ummukum. He used to say, This is your mother, Hajar. And this is for the Arab people, he mentioned that, so he telling the Arab people that your great great grandmother was a slave been given to Ibrahim. So don't be any proud over people. Because we are all go back to Adam and Nuh, Adam and Eve. So if somebody want to be proud or arrogant by his race, especially that was very uh, strong in the Arab, in that time, he told them what you are proud of, or what is you having arrogant of, for. Your great great grandmother was slave been given to Ibrahim, and from her Ismail came. Anyway, uh, Ibrahim alayhi salam when he lifted Hajar over there and Ismail he made dua he said Rabbana wab'athihim yani fi hadhihi al-ummah yani ummah al-Arab rasulan minhum yatlu alayhim ayatika wa yu'allimuhum al-kitaba wal-hikmah wa yuzakkihim innaka anta al-aziz al-hakim he made dua oh lord Send among them, the Arab nation, a messenger from themselves who teach them the book and wisdom and purify them. Indeed, you are the exalted, mighty, the wise. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted that dua and He sent among them a messenger from themselves, which is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, but not for them only, for the all human being and for the all mankind, as a matter of fact, for jinn and for humanity. Also, he said sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, وَإِذْ أَخَذَ اللَّهُ مِيثَاقَ النَّبِيِّينَ لَمَا آتَيْتُكُمْ مِنْ كِتَابٍ وَحِكْمَةٍ ثُمَّ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مُصَدِّقٌ لِمَا مَعَكُمْ لَتُؤْمِنُنَّ بِهِ وَلَتَنْصُرُنَّ قَالَ أَقْرَرْتُمْ وَأَخَذْتُمْ عَلَى ذَلِكُمْ إِصْرِي قَالُوا أَقْرَرْنَا قَالَ فَاشْهَدُوا وَأَنَا مَعَكُمْ مِنَ الشَّاهِدِينَ الله سبحانه وتعالى took a covenant on his prophets, in all of his prophets. Listen to this. A covenant on all of his prophets. That if Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam sinned, while they are alive, that all of them should follow him. And he made them witnessing that, and he said... I'm witnessing that with you too. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took covenant upon all of his prophets that they will be follower to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam if they exist in his time. Therefore, based on that, in this covenant, Jesus when he returned back in the end of the days, he will follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wasallam. He will follow the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi and he will follow his religion and he will pray behind an imam from this nation, from our Muslims nation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he sent Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa he sent before him two great messengers, Musa alayhi salam and Isa alayhi salam. And there is no prophet between Isa and Muhammad The time of period between Isa and Muhammad there is no prophet. After Isa is Muhammad Nobody in the middle. When you look to the history of Musa alayhi salam, tara anna shari'at Musa shari'at hayba wa jalal you will see that Musa alayhi characteristic and his message was well known of being a strict rules. Therefore, his life full of, and he was so strong. Musa alayhi when you read his characteristic in the Quran, it is very strong personality. And his religion, or the, religion, the, 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 the true Judaism, was a strict religion. And very strict. And strong. Therefore, the history of the Jewish full of wars. And fights. You can tell that from reading him, his history in the Quran only. 
In the other hand, you see Isa alayhi salam, Jesus. His characteristic and his message, the theme of his message is, huh? We can figure it out. Spiritual ease. Ease. He said that. I came to you to make a lot of things was forbidden in time of Musa upon you. Make it lawful for you. Make things easy. Therefore, he had never had a fight in his life. Very gentleness. Very ease. This is the, the the theme of his characteristic when you read about him as a person and about his message and about his follower. Very طيب and calm. In this side you find Jesus السلام, and in this side you find Musa السلام, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completed the message he sent to the humanity by the message of Islam by Muhammad sallam, the one who contained the two characteristics in his own life and in his message. It is the message of the mercy and ease and in the same time the message which is full of rules and has punishments and is strict in some areas but in the same time it's easy and it's not hard and it's merciful you see the Prophet ﷺ he was described as merciful for the human being and he said I was sent with the sword both characteristics appear in his life, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The peace, the fight. As much as he, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, was a peacemaker, or he tra- he lived with peace. As much also he was when it comes to haram, when it comes to shirk, when it comes to the jihad, he came with the jihad in the same time. This is the the theme of this, of this, or the nature of this religion. It's balance. And this is the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completed the message and ended with this messenger sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. Uh, I will stop here and inshallah after Salat al-Asr we will start with the physical description of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam and the third lecture is going to be inshallah about the Prophet sallallahu daily life. And may Allah subhanahu accept from all of us. And I will keep uh, 15 minutes for question and answer. Wa jazakumullah. Or يعني, by hand.
بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله. This is a good question, uh, even though it's not related to our subject directly, but it's a very interesting. How Jew, Jews and Christians and Muslims are related to Ibrahim alayhi salam, but not to Nuh. طيب, I will say also why they are not all related to Adam. What do you think? Instead of Nuh, let's put Adam. Whatever you have answer in your mind to Adam, it's the same answer for Nuh. Say that again. She's saying why we said they are related to Ibrahim, not to Nuh. I'm saying why not to Adam. As Adam, as Nuh is the father of, of Muslims and Jewish and Christian, also Adam is the father for all of them. We don't choose Adam or Nuh because they are very, very far away. But Ibrahim alayhi salam, he was the father of Ishaq. And Ishaq is the father of Ya'qub. And Ya'qub lived in the time of Ibrahim. And Ya'qub, his name is Israel. His name is Israel. It means the, the slave of Allah. So the Jewish, as a Jewish, the Jewish, start from that time. They are very related to Ibrahim because they are, start from his grandson. And Muslims also, and Christians also related to Ibrahim, because Maryam alayhi salam, the mother of Musa, of, of Jesus, she is from, her great-grandfather was Ibrahim alayhi salam. And the Muslims, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam, his great-grandfather was Ismail, and Ismail is the son of Ibrahim. So basically, they all meet in one great father. And I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters. And I said that so many times to some Jewish and Christians. I told them, the natural extent for Jewish are the Muslims. Exactly as the natural extent for the Christians is the Muslims. They were saying that day to me about what is my opinion about this temp temple or that synagogue or whatever they looking or digging underneath of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. The Jews claim that there is Suleiman's mosque, uh, mosque, Suleiman mosque underneath of the Masjid Al-Aqsa. I told them, if this is truth or not, this masjid or this temple or this synagogue, whatever it is, if it's really related to Suleiman, it's related to us, not related to you. Because the Jews today, they're not carrying the same message which is Suleiman or Ishaq or Ya'qub or all these prophets came with. Or David, no. They changed that. And this is what we challenge for. If they keep the original belief that they worship Allah only, they will be nothing but a Muslims today. And the same thing the Christians. 
So we said that they are all, we are all belong to Ibrahim in the sense that we are all calling for one uh, meaning or one thing which is calling for La ilaha illallah. One. Two, Ibrahim, Ibrahim alayhi salam, he told the nations about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The same thing Musa did, the same, the same thing Jesus did. That's how it turns And also, after Ibrahim alayhi salam, there is something special about Ibrahim, that after Ibrahim was sent to the earth, never ever the earth was free, or nobody in the earth, he does not worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only. Salih, there is a prophet's name Salih. After Salih passed away, there is no one left in the earth worship Allah. Hud, the same thing happened with Hud. Then Allah sent messenger. But Ibrahim, after his had been sent as a messenger, there is always remaining the earth somebody worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Until today. And this is from the barakah, the blessing of his da'wah. My father-in-law She said her father-in-law He didn't cut his hair from four years Saying that the Prophet ﷺ had long hair And he says that it is a sin to cut his hair. No, you will see, inshallah, that the Prophet ﷺ's hair, he used to cut his hair, and that's not true. The Prophet ﷺ cut his hair, the Prophet ﷺ shaved his hair. He shaved his hair only when he made Hajj and Umrah. Therefore, it's not recommended, and some scholars said it's forbidden for a person to shave his head for no reasons keep shaving his head like that. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, this is the sign of Al-Khawarij. Al-Khawarij is one of the deviant sects in Islam, came after the Prophet ﷺ. The Muhammad ﷺ said about them, their sign is that they shaved their heads. Always. So this is the sign of them. And as you know, the Khawarij, the Prophet ﷺ said, they are the dog of hell. And you're not allowed to imitate somebody like this, a deviant people. Therefore, the scholar said, you're not allowed to shave your head for no reason. But the Prophet used to cut his hair, he used to grow his hair, and his hair, وسلم, never passed his shoulder, as you will know, inshallah, in the second lecture. If someone says, Allah is everywhere, and he is inside, and he is made, Allah made, from nur. And Muhammad is created from that nur. And Muhammad is still alive. Is he a Muslim? Uh, Imam ibn Khuzaymah said, All the Muslim scholars, Agree upon that whoever said 
Allah is not above his throne, above the heavens, he is kafir. He's not Muslim. All the scholars agree upon that if somebody believes that Allah is not above his throne, above his heavens, he is not Muslim. So, anybody claim that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not above his throne, he is saying that what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Qur'an is wrong. Because Allah in seven times in the Qur'an said that he is above his throne. And his throne above all everything. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whoever said Allah is everywhere, he contradicts himself. Because if you ask him, is Allah inside the bottle of water now? He will say, no. Is he in the bathroom? Is he in these bad places? Is he inside your body, inside your feet, in your foot? He cannot say that. If anybody said that, he's not Muslim. Because no Muslim can say such things. There is some people said that, but they are not Muslims. But if somebody believes in that, that he's this is not Muslim. But some people said, he's everywhere, but he means... His knowledge everywhere. They don't mean himself. So some people ignorant, they might say Allah is everywhere, but out of ignorance, you should teach them, they should not use this term. They should use Allah's knowledge is everywhere. Allah know everywhere. Allah know everything. But Allah himself above his throne, above his heavens, subhan. And Allah he not made from nur. One of Allah's attributes that he ha- his face has nur, has lights. And he has hijab. And this hijab is made of nur. Hijab, it is like a partition or a veil between him and his creation. And this partition or this veil is from lights. Because the lights of his face, subhanahu wa ta'ala, if this partition or this veil does not exist, this light could burn everything in front of him. As the Prophet ﷺ said in the authentic hadith. So the nur is one of his attributes and one of his names. And Muhammad ﷺ is still alive. The Prophet ﷺ, he is in his grave and he has a special life in his grave. But he is not alive in the sense of alive like us. Otherwise, the Prophet ﷺ, if he's alive now like us, the Sahaba should not pray funeral prayer on him. Because this is only on dead people. On dead people. Uh, what do Jews mean when they say someone is anti-Semite? I don't know exactly. They mean if somebody hates them. That's what they mean. I believe. Or he doesn't like the Jews. Or he doesn't believe they are, they are being favored upon others. We are as Muslims. We believe that the Jewish been favored upon all other nations. We believe that. Allah said that in the Quran. We don't need anybody to tell us that. But... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He did not favor you upon other because your color or your length. 
or because your names or your uh, uh, tribes or no because you are a good muslim a good worshiper and whenever you leave this you go to the lowest of the lowest as allah said in the quran so when the jewish broke their promises with allah and they disbelieve in allah and they killed his messengers and his prophets and they deny his messages and they do not accept Muhammad sallallahu when he didn't send them and it's clear in their books that Muhammad sallallahu is the prophet they became the worst and therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cursed them after that and Allah punished them after that so we don't believe that anybody uh, has a special relationship with Allah in, 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 a, in a sense or in a way make him special so he, uh, he will not be punished or he will not be uh, asked about his mistakes. She said, I was pregnant and a woman told me, pray to Rakaz for the sake of Allah, read Surah Yasin and says, Oh Allah, Make, it, make him a boy, a baby boy, or make it a baby boy, and I will call him Muhammad. And when I, was, when I delivered the boy, I got a, a baby boy, but my husband gave him another name. Is this nether I was supposed to fulfill a promise? هذه الأخت تسأل تقول كنت حامل بابني قالت لي امرأة إذا صليت ركعتين لوجه الله وقرأت منهما سورة ياسين وقلت اللهم اجعل ما في بطني ذكرا وأسميه محمدا وعندما وضعته كان ولدا ولكن زوجي سماه اسما آخر فهل يعتبر نذر ولم أوفي به أو أنه دعاء ولا شيء علي والله هذا يعتبر بنيتك يا أختي إن كنت نذرت أن تسميه محمد فلا يشترط أن تقولي نذرت نذرت لا تشترط لأن العبرة بالمعاني لا بالمباني العبرة بالحقائق لا بالألفاظ فإذا كان أنت نيتك أنك نذرت أن تسمي هذا الولد محمد فهذا نذر قد أخلفتيه يجب عليك كفارة النذر وهي ككفارة اليمين إطعام عشرة مساكين أو كسوتهم تطعمين عشرة مساكين طعمة واحدة أو تكسينهم فإن لم يكن لديك مال للإطعام أو للكساء لكسوة فتصومي ثلاثة أيام ثم لا يشرع ما فعلت من أن تصلي ركعتين وتقرأ سورة ياسين هذه منها ليس لها أصل في سنة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور ما أحدث Uh, I tell the sisters it's based on her intention if her intention that she promised if she got a baby boy she will call him Muhammad and she broke her promise she broke her promise she has to make the kafara of nether which is similar to the kafara if you swear and you didn't fulfill your swearing if you swear and you didn't fulfill your swearing or you promised Allah something and you broke your promise with him there is kafara, something to do it in order to uh, ask Allah to forgive her sins which is to give uh, uh, 
ten poor people's ten meals. Or, let me put it in a right English, to, put, to give ten meals for the sake of Allah. Full meals, dinner or lunch. Like rice, chicken, salad even. Full meal. If you can fulfill it with complete meals, that would be good. You can give it to one person, to ten persons, to two persons, up to you. In one time, in, in, in ten days, it's up to you. Or to, to give clothes for uh, ten people, or ten clothes. And clothes as shirt and pants, or one soap. And if you couldn't, you don't have money to do one of these, you fast three days. But it's not from the Sunnah, not from the way of the Prophet ﷺ. He also he told us to do such things to read Surah Yasin and two rak'ah and things like that. And uh, you know uh, the best uh, thing to do what the Prophet ﷺ did, and the worst thing to do to do what's not in the Prophet ﷺ Sunnah. Does anybody has any more questions, Father? Uh, Ismail السلام, the Prophet وسلم, told us that he is the father of the Arab and Muhammad وسلم, he is the most knowledgeable person and he told us that he is the father of the Arab and he his Arabic language in some narrations be taught through Jibreel the Arabic language exists before Ismail and the Arab nations exist before Ismail but Ismail السلام, his Arabic was the best Arabic ever exist it was perfect it's different a little bit from the people of Jurhum in that time he was raised with then it's been adopted after him huh, this language which is came with different in some vocabularies and in forms and terms. It changed then, it's different than the Arab people, but it's the same language. Alphabet and everything. Pronunciations. But some pronunciations, some letters, some words, it's been what is exactly we do have no idea. But some of it was perfect uh, with Ibrahim, more perfect in Ibrahim Sallallahu uh, talking or speech. Therefore it's been adopted from him through the generations came after him. Therefore he been considered the father of Arab, not because he's the first Arab. No, because this beautiful Arabic language he had, he had, he's the one who started. Because Arabic language is different, it's not slang, but it's different way of pronunciation. For example, Arab are different when it comes to pronounce Kaf. Kitab. People think this is the Arabic. Kitab. Kabid. You see, Arab people said, Chabdi. Cha. Arab people said, Sabdi. Cha. The Kaf itself, it's all three Arabic, pure Arabic language. Pure Arabic language. But see, the sounds of 
kabid. Al-kaf is more beautiful than ta cha. So therefore, Quran came with the best uh, way of pronunciation in the Arab. But also at the same time, the Quran itself has different way of pronunciations similar to what was exist. Therefore, we have different qira'ah. Uh, there is Arab people, for example, when they pronounce ha, they pronounce ha. They don't pronounce ha. They pronounce ha. Hatta, atta. It's a pure Arabic language. But the, the different Ibrahim, his pronunciations, his language, in the sense of his, his let's say, his way of talking. The words, the terms, the, the grammars, the, the, the structure of the uh, sentence was the best Arabic language. And as you know, Arab, as a descent, it all go to the sons of uh, the saint, it go all the way to Nuh, because Nuh has sons, Sam and uh, Ham and Yafith Ham is the father where all the Arab came and Sam where the European came and by the way uh, Jews claim that they are from Sam and some others said no anyway so this is basically what is related to the Arab or not Arabic but if you look it from a sense that his father is Ibrahim, and Ibrahim was not Arab, that makes sense. Sometimes my wife asks if Islam is great. Uh, uh, Muslims are the best people. Then why Muslims are being humiliated by non-Muslims? Uh, last question. Uh, first of all, not all Muslims humiliated by non-Muslims. Believe me, this is not true. And wallahi, the humiliation in the non-Muslims. Even if they had victory, even if they are more powerful, they have more planes, more rockets, more armies, but still, you can tell they are not having the dignity that every single Muslim has. Because you have a belief in your heart. Sometimes the kuffar take over the Muslim's land or, or the more powerful or Muslim defeated by non-Muslims. And this is because the Muslims themselves, in themselves, they left their deen behind themselves, behind their back. When they are not practicing our deen, we go back. And I will end with this story. One of the Prophet's companion was in the army who opened Greek. Was in the army who opened Greek. One of the islands in Greek. After the victory, you know, Arab people, they lived desert. To fight in the sea, it's something very unique for them. And it's like, very, it's totally new experience. Do you know, brother and sister, that Umar ibn al-Khattab, the one who opened the east and the west, and his uh, state was the largest state ever? You can imagine in that short period of time, 
he said once to one of his leaders and asked him, can I go on the sea to fight? He said, I don't know how the sea looks like. Would you describe for me how the sea looks like? He doesn't know how the sea, he never says a sea in his life. <laughs> People never have seen sea in their lives. Oceans. They fight in the ocean everywhere. It was a very great day they opened that uh, land. <laughs> they saw the Sahabi and the side crying. They said, why are you crying in the day of victory? وجيوشهم وما قد جعل الله لهم من العدة والعتاد فلما عصوا الله مع ما عندهم مكننا الله من رقابه فخشيت أن يأتي يوم لا نملك ما يملكون ونعصي الله كما يعصون فيسلطهم الله علينا فلا يرقبون في مسلم إلا ولد وحصل ما قد ظن رضي الله عنه he said, I saw how much powerful people they are. And great country they had. And advanced technology they had. And a great strong castle they had. I saw all of that. This our big army. And I saw little, few, not much of soldiers. But because they disobey Allah, Allah give us victory over them. Then I was afraid that in one day we will disobey Allah like them. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them victory over us. And in that moment they will not fear anyone. They will do whatever they wish on Muslims. I'm afraid from that day to come. And Radhi Allah and that day is already exist today. But anyway we always say to the brothers and sisters, Islam by itself can be weak, but it will never die. Islam can be vanished or some little bit of, of the Islam left, but it will never disappear completely. Islam is still remain in the earth exist by the book the power of the Quran and the Sunnah and the religion itself which is no power ever can cover this power or uh, take it out from the world so we judge Islam by the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Sunnah of Rasulullah by the rules not by discussion so we'll stop here inshallah we'll continue inshallah in conclusion, we ask Allah that He brings you benefit through this lecture. For more information, you may contact us through the following address. The Islamic Propagation Office, Rabwa, P.O. Box 29465, Riyal 114.57, Saudi Arabia. Phone 445-4900 Also 491-6065 Fax 497-0126
If you would like to listen to more beneficial lectures, feel free to visit our website at www.islamhouse.com. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.